Beyond Radley. Business, careers, and more. Virtual talks by experts from our community. Good afternoon and a warm welcome to all members of the Radley community and to our school partners who've joined us today on Zoom. My name's Caroline Monaghan and I'm responsible for the Beyond Radley Career Speaker Programme, a series of talks designed to give you a live insight into the world of work. So now I'm going to introduce you to Nick Lang, founder of Steps Travel and someone who's travelled extensively in his lifetime, visiting well over 100 countries and now helps families to plan holidays all over the world. At age 22, he drove from London to Singapore with no phone, no guidebooks, no GPS and no maps. In 2005, he rode a motorbike across Russia from London to Vladivostok and then around the Mediterranean. And since then, he's ridden through Panama, Costa Rica, Nicaragua, USA and to the top of Norway, just to name a few. So he certainly has some great experiences to share and some stories to tell about traveling the world. Over to you, Nick. Caroline, thank you um, very much indeed. Hello, everybody. Um, the first thing I want to say is that I am not an expert on gap years. Um, when I was at school, they hadn't been invented. But what I have done is travel through a number of countries um, uh, on my own in some quite uh, remote areas. And the principles of traveling alone um, and in remote areas are the same as to whether you're my age or your age. So um, what I'm going to do is just is, is, is crack on with. Um, so uh, what do I want to cover with you this afternoon? Um, I'm not going to take all your time, um, but uh, it'll, it'll, it, we'll talk for about sort of 25 minutes, something like. First of all, a word on COVID, which is, of course, affecting travel worldwide and anyone who's um, looking at taking a gap year um, this year, um, you need to be aware of this. And I don't have a crystal ball, um, but we'll, we, we'll, uh, we'll look at it. Um, secondly, what do you want to achieve on your gap year? And I think that's a really um, important um, fact. Um, some thoughts on what you might do um, on your year, um, perhaps a, a, a few places you haven't thought of. Um, and then we'll look at preparing for traveling in remote areas, and finally, a few useful tips which um, might come in handy. So, first of all, um, COVID-19. Um, vaccines, um, as you know, are a game changer when it, come, when it comes to travel. The problem with vaccines is that the, most of the population who are going to receive vaccines are in Europe and North America which is going to leave the rest of the world um, slightly behind. And at the moment, you have a, a list of 33 countries which require a 14-day quarantine when you come back to the UK. And the problem with that is that it blankets most of South America and most of Africa. So if you're looking and thinking about gap year travel, and really we got to be thinking right the way through this winter, I would think. Those countries, unless you can handle 14 days in a hotel on your return, might be off the cards. Um, to make matters worse, um, Asia, which is the other alternative, um, uh, most of the countries there are closed right now, and it's, it's, it's impossible to get into them. Now, Sri Lanka's open, um, Nepal and Bhutan are both open, but many of the others are closed. I think I think they're going to open because so many of them are dependent on foreign uh, tourists and the money they bring. But um, as I said, no crystal ball, I'm afraid. And you do have to, to, to look at that. Don't look at the government um, 
foreign office um, advice on what you can do because that's really the most unhelpful website um, of any. Uh, you need to delve a little bit deeper and actually go into this country-specific um, uh, government sites and, and check what they're saying about allowing people to come in. Um, inevitably, it's going to involve testing um, both as you leave here and before you come back again. Anyway, um, that is um, uh, what it is. Um, so let's, um, why take a gap year and, and what you want to um, achieve? Um, I think the very first port of call of anyone who's thinking about a gap year, um, particularly if you're going, if you're thinking of, of, of traveling into some um, uh, more remote countries, um, is to go to the Royal Geographical Society in London. They have an entire section devoted to expeditions and gap year travel. They've got a map room, um, and I appreciate that obviously maps are all online now, but should you um, want some help and advice, they've got people on hand and an afternoon or a morning in the Royal Geographical Society to help you plan where you're going to go is incredibly useful. Um, the people there are well-traveled um, and can give you all kinds of advice and they support major expeditions um, all over the world. So um, a, a really good starting point. But the, I think the key, the key really for you is to decide um, what you are going to get out of your gap year. And there are two ways of looking at it. Um, either you're going to pickle your liver and um, drink your way through your gap year, or you're going to take yourself off into a remote corner of the world and test yourself um, and your ability to cope with um, unfamiliar um, areas. And I think you, you, you need to understand that while, for instance, doing a, a ski season will be huge fun, uh, it's not going to make a jot of difference if you put that on your CV, because no one's going to be that impressed. On the other hand, if you say you have driven a car from, I don't know where, um, down from London to Cape Town, um, that is infinitely more impressionable and is, is an immediate talking point when, when you have a, uh, an interview with anybody. So I think bear that in mind. You've got to decide what you want to get out of your gap year. And again, the Royal Geographical Society um, will, will help you that and, and, and talk you through it. Um, it, it. It's got to be fun, but any of these, any of these things you do um, will absolutely be, be fun um, because that's what you've got to make of them. Um, so what I thought I'd do is just look at um, a few ideas that um, you might not have thought of um, given the, the sort of current situation. Um, the first of course, you could do nothing um, and you could sit at home and watch TikTok. Um, and I, personally, I have to say, I'm not necessarily a great fan of gap years. I think it's a shame that you can't go from school to university and then take a gap year after university. Um, which would be a great deal more rewarding. But uh, the fact is that, that the society we live in, it's difficult to do that because you're all job hunting. So um, it, it, the gap year does crop up. But I know some universities, uh, certainly when one of my sons was, was going to university, the university said he, uh, they wouldn't allow him to do a gap year. And if he took a gap year, he then had to reapply the following year um, and compete with the next year's um, applicants. So. Uh, that uh, is another fact. Um, you've got the ski season, um, which I have um, mentioned, and I'm sure it's uh, very useful to learn how to make beds. Um, 
probably to do a little bit of cooking and, and, and have great fun. Um, but it isn't going to really benefit you as an individual because within 10 years, that ski season will seem just like a ski holiday. Um, uh, you will have no me real memories to, to look back on. Um, there are a great many gap year companies um, out there. Um, I'm naming four there. There, there, there are lots of others. And um, they, they can really offer some, some very rewarding um, experiences around the world, volunteering in any number of different countries. Um, and you just have to go onto their different websites and, 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 and see what you want to do. Um, the problem that I, I look at that and, 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 and say is that um, it's pretty much like a holiday. You're going to a company, you're paying them some money, they organize it. So there's nothing for you to organize. Again, you're not, you're not testing yourself. Um, you're just buying a package. Um, and yes, you're going to live in, in a remote area. And yes, you're going to deal with people who uh, come from a very, very different life to your own. But at the end of the day, um, you're not really testing your ability to plan. Um, but I'm not knocking it. They're, they're, they, are, they are incredibly useful and, and do have a look and, and search for others. There's, there's lots and lots of them um, available on the, um, on the internet. Um, you can, of course, just go off and, and, and travel with friends. And I name um, you know, a number of, of countries there. I think that it, particularly if you are um, going on to university to study you know, Spanish and maybe Portuguese, then you know, South America is, a, is, a, is an obvious place to go to. And um, that it's always worth looking at the language side of, of, of whichever country it is. And uh, there, there are a whole mass of, of different places, and I'm not going to um, you know, suggest any of them, but they are, um, they are out there. And I'm sure you've got lots of friends who've, who've been to you know, many of the places I've, you know, I've listed there already. Um, but I want to sort of look at uh, perhaps places you haven't thought of. So um, the first one is Nepal. Um, Nepal was the great hippie hangout during the 60s and the 70s, and it's, it's kind of gone out of fashion um, in the last sort of 30 years. And um, it's slowly, slowly coming back. It, it is open at the moment. COVID um, is uh, very low. Uh, where is it? Um, there you've got it just sitting at the top of India. Um, very easy to get to. There are international flights in um, nowadays. Um, you can fly from pretty much anywhere in, in Europe. Um, but an amazing country uh, to go. It, it, it's a trekking destination. So you start in, in, in Kathmandu and maybe spend a few days in, um, wandering around Kathmandu and you'll find masses and masses of your age group doing exactly the same thing. Um, but it's when you set out into the mountains that it all starts to come alive. And you can trek for, I don't know, a week, two weeks um, up there. And, and again, you can decide, you can hire porters, um, Take with you. It sounds grand, but actually, you will be amazed how cheap labour is, and they're all desperate for uh, to earn some money. Um, so you can either go camping, or when you're up in the mountains, um, you can stay in little rest houses, um, which are very clean, very very simple. But you get a bed, you get a bathroom, and they give you breakfast. And there's always somewhere nearby where you can, um, you know, get uh, some supper. 
and um, you know while you're on, and then and, and take a picnic lunch with you. And there are well-worn tracks, there are well-worn routes, um, and, and always people to to guide you. Um, that's a sort of typical scene out there with little little villages, um, you know, where you can stay, and those yaks um, there grazing in in the foreground. Um, and of course, you can always do the Everest Base Camp, um, which is a two-week trek. Um, um, and and once you get there, you have got Everest right up above you, and then it's two weeks back out again. So a longish, you know, a longish, a longish journey, but it's relatively inexpensive. You're walking um, cheap places to stay and and good fun. But the other thing about Nepal is that it also has river rafting, and in the western um, part of Nepal, you can do a three-day uh, river rafting trip um, down camping out at night, and it takes you from um, the high ground of Nepal right down to the Indian plains. Um, and um, once you get once you get down to uh, the Indian plains, there is a wildlife preserve down there, and again, lots of cheap places to stay. And you can go on safari um, very much like uh, you would in Africa, um, except of course you're seeing different animals and this one if um, you don't know is the one-horned Indian rhinoceros. It, I love Nepal, I've always loved Nepal and the people are genuinely the, the, the friendliest and nicest you could meet anywhere in the world. Um, another place to consider which you may not have heard of is Ladakh. Now Ladakh sits way up in the top corner of India, um, up in the Karakoram Mountains and bordered by uh, China to the north. It is uh, the last bastion of true Tibetan Buddhism, um, if that means anything. They, so the Dalai Lama is, um, which is, uh, he was originally from Tibet, um, and they, they worship him as the head of their church, effectively. Um, it was uh, actually closed. It was a closed area of India up until about 1996. So in comparison to much of the um, India and that part of the world, it's relatively, and I say relatively, um, unspoilt, particularly once you get out of the towns. Um, but to get there, you, you can fly from Delhi. Um, the problem is you're flying into 4,000 meters. Um, so that's what, 12, 13, 14,000 feet. And the altitude really hits you um, if you do that. And you have to take a couple of days to really let your body settle down um, and, and adjust, uh, otherwise you have splitting headaches. Or you can drive it, and it's about a four-day drive. But once you get there, um, it's the most magical place. Um, the, uh, this is Leh, the um, main, main town. Um, and if you look closely, you've got a mixture of the, uh, there's the two ladies in their traditional um, dress, um, which is very, very commonplace up there. But once you get out of the town, you get into this barren wilderness. Um, and it's a trekking destination, rather like um, Nepal, um, but, but very, very wild. Some old towns sitting there um, and, and, and lots of, of monasteries um, as well. This is Stoke, um, and that is the Queen of Stoke's Palace um, in the background. Um, wonderful autumn colors. And that's a monastery at Tixé. Uh, so that's full of, I don't know how many monks live there. Over a thousand monks um, live in, in, in that building. And the plus point about Ladakh, in contrast to many of the other places out there, is a summer destination. So the time you would go there is sort of June through to September. 
which is in complete contrast to most of the Far East, um, which makes it an interesting um, alternative. Um, if you're not doing any of those things and we get a little bit more um, adventurous, you could consider doing a bicycle trip or a car trip. Um, somebody I work with in his gap year bicycled the length of the Mekong. So he started up on the Tibetan plateau and he then bicycled however many thousand miles it was all the way down the Mekong uh, to Vietnam. And he had a, he had a remarkable trip. Um, or you can, you can do a car journey. And in fact, um, some of you will remember Albie Tufnell, um, who I think left um, just last year. He's been planning uh, a trip in Ethiopia, uh, flying to Addis Ababa, buying a car in Addis, um, and then driving uh, through uh, Ethiopia into Eritrea, um, and then across and into Egypt and up the Nile to Luxor. Um, I mean, that's a really fantastically adventurous thing to do, and I um, recommend that um, hugely. Um, you can, of course, do the great uh, Pan-American Highway um, from the North of America all the way down to the South. Uh, the issue with that, um, just so you're aware of it, is you'll see those two, the C and the D um, marked right in the middle. That is the Darien Gap. Um, there is no road. You cannot drive the length of America. Uh, it's thick jungle. And the only way around it is by boat. Um, if you're taking a car or if you are um, hitching or doing something or a bicycle, you can actually fly. Um, but it does mean that, um, you know, to do the whole thing and, and many, many people do it, um, it, it, it's a long trip, but it, you can break it and maybe just do the South American section rather than the, um, the top end. Um, big open distances <clears throat> um, in, in, in both North and, and South America. Probably the best way to do it is, is in a camper van um, and maybe you know, three of you in a, in, a, in a camper van, which means, of course, that you can drive as much as you want and stay wherever you want um, you know, during, your, during your trip. Um, when I was motorbiking out in um, Costa Rica, I, when we crossed into Nicaragua, there must have been 20 other cars um, who were all doing that um, Pan-American um, highway trip. So you're going to meet people the entire time, swap stories. They'll tell you where to stay. They'll tell you where to eat, uh, what to see, what to do, where to hang out. Um, it's, a, it, 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 it's, an amazing, it's an amazing route. Um, <clears throat> and then right at the end, you get down to, <clears throat> well, that's in Bolivia, the salt flats in, in Bolivia, which you can uh, drive across. Um, and then you end up down in Tierra del Fuego, right down at the very bottom of, um, of Chile. Um, and as you can see in the foreground, a, a, a camper van of sorts, um, a, a, an amazing journey. Um, alternatively, you can do something like the Mongol Rally. Uh, some of you may have come across the Mongol Rally. It's run by a, an organization called the Adventurists. Um, they run a number of different trips. Uh, one of them, um, I think, is in rickshaws in India. Uh, this is the big one. Um, it starts in London. Um, and the idea is to, to get to Ulanude, uh, sorry, to Ulaanbaatar in Mongolia. I think they're now ending in, in Russia. Sorry about this. There's the start. <clears throat> you can drive any car. It, 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 you're restricted on your um, uh, engine size, although you can get special permission to, to take odd 
um, vehicles like ambulances or uh, even buses um, on the route. Um, but how you get from A to B is entirely up to you. Uh, you have to plan it, um, and um, it, 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 it's a great uh, it's a great journey. That's the alternative route when you go down through Turkey and um, and Central Asia across Iran. Don't be put off by Iran. Uh, it's an amazing country um, to go to. Um, as a travel company, we've sent people there for the last 25 years um, and never ever had a single problem with any of them. Um, they all come back thinking, what is all the fuss about in the British media? Um, so don't, don't, don't be put off by it. Um, but that's the sort of terrain you're uh, going to cross um, with your maps and your GPS and your planning. Um, I'm not sure where that is, but I suspect it's Mongolia of, of somewhere. Um, as I say, people do it in all sorts of shapes and sizes of cars. Um, it's, it's entirely up to you. Some of them do it in fancy dress. Uh, but the, the, the start and the finish is um, obviously a massive party. Um, that's the, uh, the finish in, I think, in Ulan Ude in, in, in Russia. Finally, um, if you really want to test yourself, uh, you can join the Clip Around the World Yacht Race. Um, some of you may have heard of this. Um, it goes every year. Uh, those are the, the legs. Um, you can sign up for one leg, two legs, the whole lot, um, whatever you, you feel like, and you're on a boat like that. No sailing experience is required. Um, but when it comes to building you as, a, as an individual and building your character, you're in there with people of um, all ages. Um, and you can choose what you think would be the most exciting leg to, um, to travel on. Um, and you'll get some interesting times, I imagine. Um, anyway, um, what I thought I'd just look at is um, a, a briefly look at some uh, preparation and, and, and planning for your gap year. Um, first of all, the weather. The weather is going to decide where you go. Um, and it's a really important um, point to, to, you know, to bear in mind. Um, you know, you are not going to go to India uh, between May and September because it's either so unbearably hot or raining um, very hard. Uh, Indonesia, uh, Bali is a, is a summer destination. Um, you can go in the winter, but again, it, it's raining, mm, not necessarily every day, but um, it certainly will be uh, raining. Um, Africa, um, all the safari um, countries, uh, Kenya, Tanzania, Botswana, they all have what they call the long rains and the short rains, um, and you want to avoid them. So planning, looking at the weather patterns of the countries you're going to will determine where you're going to. Nepal, as I've mentioned earlier on, um, why do you go in October, November? Because the monsoon that occurred two months before clears the air. So you get these crystal clear blue skies and those magnificent views of the, of the Himalayas. Um, go in um, April, May, and yes, you've got flowers out, but um, the, it tends to be cloudy and you don't always see the mountains. So you have to decide on that. Um, the Royal Geographical Society harking back, if you are thinking of going on a remote trip, if you did think of doing, for instance, the Mongol Rally or driving South America, then I would highly, highly recommend going to the Royal Geographical Society and participating in their two-day first aid course. Um, it is a really, really worthwhile um, weekend. Um, it's not looking at how to treat a headache. What it's going to do is 
look at um, how to how to uh, deal with your driving partner when he crushes his finger or he falls over and breaks his leg. It's how to uh, fix a splint. It's how to assess damage to somebody um, in a remote area and, and, and so that you don't panic and you know what to do. I did it before I motorbiked across Russia. Um, it was uh, it was a very good um, standby to have in the back of your mind to, to know that if something did happen, you knew what to do about it. Um, I think I've probably forgotten it all now, but um, as long as you do it you know, soon before you travel, it, it, it's there at the forefront of your, your mind. The other thing I mentioned is a TEFL. Um, some of you may know about TEFL. It stands, it stands for Teaching English as a Foreign Language. And the qualification of a TEFL enables you to make money wherever you are in the world. Regardless of whether you can speak the local language, you can teach somebody to speak English. Um, there are lots and lots of courses run um, all over Britain in many different places. Um, and again, a useful little qualification um, if you're doing a longer trip and you think you might stay somewhere and, and, and need to earn a few pennies to um, feed yourself or, or get a hotel. Um, so a TEFL is, is, is most useful. Um, and I also just throw in a few other things to remember to take with you, which is a, people often forget about their teeth. Nothing worse than having toothache when you're traveling. Take a dental pack, um, which will include a few um, essentials like uh, a, a temporary filling if your filling falls out um, and, and some other things to kill, to kill pain. A first aid kit, obviously. And the great thing is to ask your doctor to give you a broad spectrum antibiotic. Um, that'll cover all sorts of things like if you get a tooth abscess or you get a really bad upset stomach, um, you know, when you're miles from anywhere and it'll just tide you over until you can get to, to see a doctor. Um, and of course, make sure you're up to date with all the injections, such as tetanus and hepatitis. Um, don't go and ask a GP because bless them, they try their hardest, but they don't really understand what is necessary um, in a lot of the countries. Go to a specialist travel clinic and um, it's very easy to, to find them um, around the place. And then finally, uh, money, um, which is one of the keys, obviously, to, to traveling. Um, uh, credit cards and, and, and paying for things. Um, there's, an organ, there's, a, there's a credit card facility called Revolut. Um, Revolut, I, I use the, the whole time. Many of you may know about it. Um, what it is, it, it's a straightforward credit card. It's a MasterCard, which you, which you use in the usual way. But the app on your um, phone um, allows you to transfer currency um, on the app. And you can hold as many different currencies um, as you want. So, you know, if you transferred 100 pounds into the account, you can put 20 into rubles and 20 into Spanish peseta, oh, no, they don't exist now, um, to euros, um, and, uh, you know, 20 into dollars and hold it. So it means that if you're in, you know, if you're traveling in America and you've got dollars held in the cat in your account and you go to an ATM machine and you pull out $20, there's no exchange rate. The exchange rate has already been done. The other beauty about it is it's very easy for your darling parents to be able to top up your funds um, should they need to, um, you know, if you're in a hole somewhere in the, the back of beyond, they can just transfer money into what is effectively a bank account um, and you can, you've got it anywhere. Um, one of the other plus points is it comes with what they call a virtual credit card. 
And that means that um, if you're mugged, if your credit card is stolen, uh, online you have a virtual credit card. And um, it means you can buy a, an air ticket or a hotel room um, and pay for it using this virtual credit card, which is, um, is incredibly useful. Um, always travel with a spare wallet and fill it with out-of-date credit, uh, credit cards, $30 in cash, and some old bits and pieces so that it looks as though it's being used. So when you're mugged, you can hand it over. Um, and they look at the cash and they won't look at the date on the, on the credit cards. Um, if you can, um, take a spare credit card. Um, not always easy to, to hide it, but um, try and hide it somewhere. And again, spare cash. If you can roll up you know, a couple of hundred dollars um, into a tight little roll and, and put it in a, a shoe or a, in a, some belts come with a little cash pocket tucked into the inside of them somewhere. So that um, if all else fails, you've got something to get you out of a hole um, if, if the worst comes to the worst. I've probably bored you long enough. Um, I hope that's uh, thrown some ideas out and, 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 and given some ideas. And I'm more than happy to answer any questions that um, anyone has about anything. Not how to raise money for your gap year. Thanks, Nick. That was absolutely brilliant. Really fascinating. You've given me a massive yearning to <laughs> go on holiday now and travel. But um, uh, everyone, please do put any questions you have on the chat um, and I can put them to Nick. I've got a couple that I'll, I'll ask you, Nick, um, which you may or may not know the answer to, but I'll ask them anyway. So in terms try. of um, gap year travel, are you aware if you can get any um, kind of insurance uh, policies for gap year travel? Uh, yeah, um, I, you know, I, I forgot to mention that. Um, you can. Um, insurance is, is, is a tricky one traveling. Um, the first thing I would say is... Um, you will be told that you can get um, insurance from, uh, you know, if you use your credit card to, to buy um, packages, um, the, the travel insurance you get um, on that or the travel insurance you buy if you go to Boots or any of the high streets um, is simply not um, good enough for um, traveling in remote areas. Um, there is a, um, a, a, a company, um, God, my mind's gone blank. Uh, Campbell Irvin. It's called Campbell Irvin. They are specialists in, um, in uh, travel insurance. They have their own policy, and it's good for anywhere in the world. And you can get annual, um, you can get annual insurance coverage for for gap year. Uh, there tend to be res initial restrictions on the amount of time you're away, but you can extend it um, as long as you tell them when you take out the. Uh, the package and it's a very very comprehensive um, package and it it, it 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 includes emergency evacuation um, by aeroplane if you need it and it's not that expensive. Okay, that sounds worth doing. Um, on a more general point, and again, this might be be subjective to the individual, but perhaps from your perspective, is it best to travel with somebody else or? Um, you're in a group and in your experience I don't know if you have traveled with people I imagine you have what are the de best types of people to travel with <laughs> falling out with the people you travel with yes. is the worst nightmare yes, it is. Um, we've all we've all done it um and we'll probably all do it again um I think traveling and I, I think traveling in a small group is um is, is is probably a fun way to do it um particularly if you're you know if you're going through a number of, of different countries i mean if you're doing something like the the mongol rally or if you're driving you know the pan american highway you, you you need you need people to 
to, to help you to share the experience. Um, not least of which, you know, if you're sitting in India and I don't know, you want to go into a bank and you've all got backpacks, you know, maybe someone sits outside with the backpacks and two of you go into the bank and, you know, get the money or, or, or whatever. It's, it's very useful. Um, and, and, you know, three is a, three is a safer, it's a safer number. Um, although three is often a bad number because two often gang up against one. Um, so maybe four is a, <laughs> a better number. Um, but yes, I would, I would definitely recommend um, having, having more than, uh, than one person. Um, so it's fun, and you know, to be able to chat about it, uh, things, and, you know, and and make plans for the following day. Anyway, absolutely. And I guess you, you, if you travel on your own, then you have to take extra precautions as well yeah. when yeah. you're sleeping and all those sorts of things. So definitely, thing to think through there. Yeah. Um, I've got some. Uh, again, please, everyone, do ask your questions on the chat. Nick knows lots of stuff about a lot of places. So if you just want to ask about the place that he may know, uh, I'm going to ask one of those questions. Um, what is the friendliest or the nicest culture that you've ever experienced in your travels hmm. um, all the islamic countries um to, to me are, are are the very best um i mean i that the hospitality of of islam um makes traveling in in, in places like you know pakistan um all over the middle east an absolute joy um where they will share their last piece of bread with you and um but you know i think every every culture has its you know its, its pluses and its, and its minuses and, and and wherever you go um it's an eye opener any anywhere you go is um different to you know to living in england and i think that's one of the absolute joys of of, of travel P people travel for, for you know for many many different reasons people some people will travel just you know for for, for seeing scenery but i travel for people i i enjoy meeting people and i enjoy learning uh, from people because it's very easy to to sit in our western splendor and believe that we have the most sophisticated culture in the world but actually once you get you know under the you know, under the fingernails of India or, or, or Syria or uh, wherever it is, you, you, you learn that um, these countries have, have, have just a wealth of culture that we don't understand. And we have so much to, to learn from them and, and, and so much that we have lost um, by becoming so dependent on uh, money to a greater extent. Um, you know, they, they, they still retain. Um, and it's just a joy to, to understand that and, and listen to them. Well, thank you. And uh, and in terms of, is there anywhere that you've travelled to where you felt quite insecure and that it's very very dangerous? Mm, no, um, I think if you, as long as you're careful, um, I think one of the, 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 the there are various things. One thing I always say to people is you must never ever judge a country by your own standards. You can't go and travel through India or Russia or wherever it is and look at it. As an Englishman, you have to understand the country from their perspective. So um, you can go to India and you find, you know, uh, beggars on the street, and, and and you can look at them and you think, oh God, it's so awful. But then you have to understand why there are beggars on the streets. And in fact, when when you understand why, and you, it's all to do with religion and, and giving money to people, which you know enhances your potential of uh, re you know better reincarnation. It all starts to to make sense. Um, and again, you know, traveling, you know, in a country, as long as you understand their culture, as long as you understand their rules, um, you can travel quite safely. 
the 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 difficulty I think for or well, the problems that arise is um, particularly with Westerners um, is wearing inappropriate clothes in in countries which are actually traditionally very conservative. Uh, you know, if you go into the Middle East, for instance, and 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 you wear shorts, for instance, walking down a street because it's hot, um, you have to understand that in the Middle East, shorts are considered underpants, and because that's what they wear under those flowing uh, those flowing robes is they wear shorts and they, to them it's their underpants. So they look at you and you think, why are you wearing your underpants walking down the street? Uh, and it can lead to trouble. And skimpy clothes, I you know, I know it's it it, it, it sort of sounds sexist, but girls, particularly in 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 the far far east, are prone to wearing sort of skimpier clothes uh, than they should, and it's. It, it's offensive to, to locals and it leads to trouble. So obey the local cultures, understand the local cultures, and you usually travel quite safely. Brilliant, thank you. And has the language barrier ever been a problem in the countries that you've visited? Um, yes, in very remote areas. Um, but uh, so some areas in Eastern Turkey, um, Iran, yes. Um, yeah, in, in, in remote areas, but you can always get by. Um, you can always make the right signs and, and, and people, they want to understand you. You're, you're a foreigner, you're a white face, you suddenly arrived in this area and, and you're a novelty, you know, to everybody who's there. So they actually want to, to help you and they want to understand what you need. Um, so despite the fact that you can't speak the language, you can, you can always make yourself understood one way or the other. That's brilliant, Nick. I've got uh, I've got another one last question for you, unless anybody else has anything to ask. Um, it's a bit of a desert island disc question here, which is is what's the one thing that you would never travel without? You're not you can't see your phone. So wet ones. One thing? Wet ones. Well, like a wet wipe. Like wet wipes. Yes. Yep. You can okay. do everything with wet wipes. You can <laughs> clean your windscreen. You can you can do absolutely anything and use it as a disinfectant in your hands um so yeah i always travel with wet wipes <laughs> uh, top tip thank you very much that's brilliant well so thank you so much nick that was great no, really useful uh, really comprehensive great some great ideas for places to travel to um so and now i feel like going on holiday so but you will have to hold my power to drown that one um, so thank you very much indeed. Um, now, before we go, I'm going to tell you about the talks that we've got lined up for next week, which will be our final week of Beyond Radley Career Talks ahead of you all returning to school on the 8th. On Monday, we've got a panel of investment experts from different parts of the financial world to give you a broader perspective of some of the careers in finance. On Wednesday, we have Theo Bromfield, who currently works for an environmental charity managing a portfolio of 17 ground-based wildlife conservation projects in Africa and Asia, and that should be a fascinating talk. And on Friday, we'll have Will Donaldson, who's going to talk to you about a career in the property industry and the breadth of inter interesting roles that are available to you right now. So thank you very much for attending. Thanks to you, Nick, um, for coming today, and we hope you all have a lovely weekend. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us. Check our channels for the latest news and events from the Radleyan Society.